welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. Hello Stu, have you managed to press record this time? I might have just sussed it out, yeah. Oh, there's no flies on you mate, but I do notice you've got your uh, branded PCS t-shirt on there, a little bit suave, a little bit suave. Have, yeah, no shirt, well, it is here, isn't it? Yeah, no shirt there today, is. yeah, so. Do you no, actually, do you make your staff wear them? Of course, of course. course. Branded t-shirts, branded it? jackets. Of course they love it, yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> love it. They have to pay for these t-shirts as well. That's my next no, big marketing thing. I'm going to get an Adaplor cap. Exactly. exactly. Um, Especially when you're walking around Tesco's and or Sainsbury's yeah. or wherever, or any supermarket of your choice, yeah. somebody stops you and says, oh, you work for PCS, how's my advancing going? Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Oh, and my name's Mrs Smith. You think, oh, I can't think. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> to two Mrs Smiths. No. Exactly. <laughs> I used to work um, in, a, in a, a nice Suffolk town actually and my, um, my sort of equivalent was always just wandering around uh, co-op and my, and my lovely elderly clients would always just come up but there was one blesser, she's about 90 odd at the time, she's absolutely lovely and I'd just hear her because she was absolutely tiny but she, you'd hear her across co-op and she'd just go darling, darling, hello darling, oh no god it's Pam. <laughs> <laughs> but by then it was too late and I'd have to speak to her. She was delightful. But anyway, we weren't going to talk about any of that. We were going to talk in this Conveyancing Matters chat, Stu, um, a bit of a plea to the so-called prop tech firms. Yeah. Um, and I thought it might be nice to give them um, a bit of free marketing advice, Stu. So I thought we could uh, have a little chat about... Um, uh, you know, tips to property technology firms on how to market their products to conveyancers. Because um, what I'm thinking here, too, is there's probably, uh, and we won't name them uh, because they're not paying us, um, there's probably like two or three uh, sort of big um, so-called prop tech organisations that have really sort of penetrated the conveyancing market and their um, digital technology-based services, I think, are, are making a big difference to how conveyances work. Yeah. But it's kind of struck me, particularly someone maybe a bit more outside the profession now than before, um, there were, I seem to see, you know, launched every week, some supposed prop tech solution um, from, you know, wonderful entrepreneurs who are often trying to give you know, property firms, conveyances, or, or indeed estate agents, solutions to problems that I didn't know I'd got. Um, and I thought that uh, it might be handy for you and I just to have a bit of a chat about that. Um, and as I say, perhaps sort of help them along their way <laughs> in how to in how to market effectively to us. So, um, you know, what sort of things do you come across to you? I mean, how many times a week, a month, or a year, does somebody try and punt a new product to you? You've, you know, you're at the top of a big organisation now, Stu. You must get it all the time. I'll be a weekly, a week, a weekly basis. There'll be a call and email, um, punt, uh, you know, punting a, a particular product on us. Um, I think the key, which a lot of the companies don't quite, you know, get, is that you know we are approached time and time again by companies that feel that the conveyancing service is archaic, it's slow and that they have the answer. But, you know, most of the time, I have to say that they are potentially coming up with a solution to a problem that actually doesn't exist. And I think a lot of, you know, prop tech companies, um, but, but maybe everybody needs to understand that, you know, we're, we're acting for clients that are buying a house. It's still an old fashioned sort of entity, it's bricks and mortar. 
um, you know, <laughs> it, it's not something that, um, you know, people buy, um, you know, on a whim just by going on the internet, you know, it's still very personal, isn't it? So we, we provide a personal service um, to clients. So these companies do need to look at, you know, what we do and actually understand the industry because lots of are punting products on us that, that really aren't relevant. I think also, Stu, and that's, and again, I think it's understanding your market, isn't it? Because what I find is that, um, as I say, supposed prop tech firms, and some of them are, you know, brilliant, don't get me wrong, and I'm not criticising anybody for being innovative with anything digital, quite the contrary, but they, I think, um, from what I can see, they try and talk to conveyances, conveyancing lawyers, property firms in their own language. They are not talking to me. They don't seem to have made that leap. They might have a product that is the best thing since shark repellent. But if they are not talking to me in my language or in a language that I will understand uh, and, and so that I understand their offering really quickly, then, as I say, it could be the best product in the world, but I'm still not going to buy it because I'm not going to engage with it. Um, you know, for example, you know, you and I, we do not probably talk very much about, you know, easements, profits apprendre and disbursements, you know, because they're inherently sort of legal terms. They're terms from our environment, um, but they're not terms that other people are going to understand and grasp quickly. So if I want to talk to somebody and say, hey, I can help you, you know, with your easement, I'm not going to put that on LinkedIn. I'm going to say I can help you sort out the problems you've got with your right of way. Um, and I do think it's a language barrier quite often. You sometimes have, you know, some really very, you know, really very clever techie people who've come up with really clever techie stuff. But still, if I don't know what the hell it is you're doing and what the hell it is you're selling and what problem you're trying to solve, um, I'm not even going to stop. I'm just going to scroll past you in my scrolly past you way. What, um, so have you come across that, Stu? And what sort of, you know, what sort of things do you think that firms can do to kind of help themselves really when they're trying to sell to us? Well, it's identifying what problems we have because, as, as you've already alluded to, there are products that are on the market that really have made a difference, um, not just to the client process, but, but also to how we run a law firm. So there's some great products out there, and those products are, um, you know, they've been invented or designed by people that have realised the problems that we have, and they've, they've found a solution to that problem. But the key with PropTech for me is, you know, you've got to identify what the problem is um, before you have the solution. And, and that's the key. So knowing the industry, knowing, you know, particularly property lawyers um, and, and, and the problems that we face, that, that's definitely the key. I also think, um, and again, I to be completely fair, uh, you know, I don't necessarily look in an enormous amount of detail at people's offering, but I often, it's, it's often a bit of white noise too, that people seem to be offering me solutions that are you know quite similar products that are quite similar to what's already out there um and i hate to use the you know the marketing phrase usp but you know what is your unique selling point why why are you offering something different what is it that's different about your product um that's that, that means I should use you and not the product I'm already using, for example, because that's a, that's a big issue. It you know, conveyances aren't great one for change, are they, Stu, really? No, certainly not. And, and the even bigger or, you know, equal um, bigger issue is the price because a lot of products that are punted on us uh, are being sold at extreme prices that there's no way we could afford, even if we thought it was a solution. I think 
understanding the sort of profit margins in a conveyancing transaction and then having a product that, that fits into to, to, to that criteria is mega, mega important. And I hear far too often sort of terminology that, you know, these costs can be passed on to the client and things like that. Well, anybody that says that, um, you know, hasn't, hasn't dealt with clients for a long time because, you know, the last thing we want to do is pass on more cost to a client because they're very sensitive to, to costs in general. Um, with the fees, transparency rules and everything else, we're, we're so um, there to be shot at with regards to what we charge. Everything's up front. But, you know, certainly passing anything else on is, is a big no-no for me. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually, Stu, because, um, you know, much as I hate to say it, and I'm sure I hope that there'll be members of the home buying and selling public watching this too. But, you know, lots of them, quite understandably, are very, very cost conscious. And if even if you're, you know, complying with the transparency rules, as you say, and you're putting, you know, the, the, the breakdown of the outgoings on your website, well, if you've just got some sort of magic fee of another £50 plus VAT or even £20 plus VAT, that can sometimes, for, for some benefit that perhaps you perceive as a benefit, but your client won't understand that, or certainly the punter who's looking at your website for the first time, that could be the reason actually that they go somewhere else. Because they just think, oh, well, no, PCS are going to be charging us another 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. We're not really sure what that's for. Um, so, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll walk on by. No, most definitely. I think um, in terms of sort of products that, that, that we always think, um, you know, why does this not exist? You know, we use a number of different pieces of software from case management systems to quoting tools, accounting software. And one of the big problems as a property lawyer now is that you have so many different platforms that you have to log into so many different platforms for so many different areas of work that, that, that you go through. It's, it's almost becoming sort of counterproductive because, you know, you've got to have a, a password um, book as long as you're on just to remember how to get into some of these platforms. So, you know, we spend significant amounts of money and it's significant amounts of money on, on the case management systems that we operate. And, and I'm sure all law firms do that. So when any new product comes along, one of the key criteria is, is, is or will be, you know, will it be able to integrate with what we've already got? Because if it doesn't, then automatically it's, you know, you're a 90% no before you even start. Yeah, no, and I think that's a good point. I mean, and I go into a lot of firms now, Stu, obviously with my locum hat on. Um, and I think I can honestly say in my professional career, I don't think I've ever heard anybody saying, forgive me to all the case management system firms out there, and I'm sure there's lots of you, and I'm sure you're fantastic, but I've never heard a firm say, um, oh, yes, and our case management system's the best instinct shark repellent, and we absolutely love it, and it does all the things we want it to do. Um, I worked in one firm once, and the system, I think, was brilliant if you were marketing. It, it pulled out the marketing data fantastically, um, so as a, as a marketing tool, it was absolutely brilliant. But as the lawyers who were supposed to be the people that were able to use it, you know, it was absolutely terrible. Um, the version control was awful. It was awful to access. You know, they had two guys just going around the firm training people all the time because it was so hard to use. Um, and they'd actually sort of formed a, a sort of user group, <laughs> you know, were, uh, you know, refusing to pay half the fees for the system. Now, I'm, I'm, you know, of course, they're all not in that bracket. But I think the thing is, firms sort of commit to these case management systems and this level of expense. 
And what I find bizarre about the sort of human behavior with that is that firms actually end up adapting the way they work to fit the system, which isn't necessarily the best way. <laughs> Um, because oh well that's you know that's what the system does so as I say you know again advice to a new prop tech firm with a new product out there as you quite rightly say Stu if you can't make my life easier um, then and you're not going to be able to integrate with my system then as you say we're probably not going to be using you. I think also um, as well it has to, it has to be you know bespoke for the property market or, or conveyancing there's too many products that are out there that are pulled in from other industries or other you know areas of law for me it's great if we could have products that are solely specific to conveyance into the property market um, and, and that's the way we would get the most out of them if i take our case management system at the moment it's the best one that that i looked at um, it has its faults um, again in terms of marketing it, it doesn't have any really facilities um, that are of any ilk um, but there's loads on there about, you know, other different sort of areas of law and, and, and whatnot. And, and I completely understand that from a, um, a software provider, you, you don't want to limit your market. But I can't see why, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's not as easy as this, but, you know, can't, you know, there'd be bolts on. So, you know, if you, if, you, if you do matrimonial, you can bolt that part onto the product. But as far as we're concerned, you know, we don't use probably, you know, I'm guessing more than 50% of, of, of our case management system we don't use because it's not applicable to what we do. And, you know, there's so many things that are on these products like time recording, you know, where I think most conveyancing now is fixed fee. So there's so many parts of these products that, that aren't applicable to what we do. And that's the real bugbear, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting point. I mean, I think, you know, in terms of, you know, tips to prop tech firms who are trying to sell to conveyances. I mean, what I'm really interested in and what I think the majority of decision makers in conveyancing firms, if you can even get them to look up from their incredibly busy caseloads to even think about new stuff. But I think what we would, and the questions we would need answering quickly are, how is it going to make my business quicker? How is it going to make my business more cost effective? But the absolutely key one, which you and I come on to nearly every time we chat to you, how are you going to help me manage the risk of conveyancing? Mm. So it's got to be speed. It's got to be cost. It's got to be risk. And I think you've got to have, you know, if you're a prop tech firm out there trying to sell a product, you've got to be able to answer at least two, if not all of those three questions, I would say. Um, and also, Stu, I mean, what's what I find quite difficult and what people don't seem to understand about the, the, the market that you and I operate in is of course that rather tiny, tiny issue of, of client confidentiality. Now, a lot of these products seem to be built around the idea of data sharing. Well, if everybody has a vision of the entire sort of chain across an entire process, then it's all gotta be better, hasn't it? Well, I would argue not necessarily, but that's probably a different discussion. But Again, if you're, if you're coming into a firm and you're trying to sell me a product, well, you've got to be able to explain the confidentiality issue. How is my client's confidentiality protected? And even if you don't understand property, lawyer, solicitor, license, conveyance or confidentiality, well, you should jolly well be understanding GDPR these days, surely. Yeah, well, most definitely. Client, client, client confidentiality is something you don't hear as much these days. Um, but we get it quite regularly where a client will say to us, oh, Christ, don't tell so-and-so this or, 
you know, my money's got held up. Don't tell the agent this. Don't tell the other side this. Or they've got a problem with the mortgage because they need another pay slip. Don't tell them this. Obviously, we wouldn't. Um, but that's where some of the sharing platform types of prop tech um, could be, uh, you know, could be difficult to, to, to get around. I think platforms for data sharing potentially do have their place. I definitely think that there are some out there that I, I've looked at and, and, and that I've sort of been demoed um, would make significant difference to what we do and, and would significantly help. I've seen others that certainly wouldn't. But, um, you know, data protection, GDPR, obviously these are buzzwords that are an absolute given for, for law firms, an absolute given that, you know, any data has to be protected. Yeah, as I say, and I think... Um... I think that the zeal for, for information sharing, I think is, and I, again, we, we say this quite a lot, it's all very well until something goes wrong, Stu. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a client may well say, yeah, of course, I'm really happy for, you know, Uncle Tom Cobbley and everyone to know sort of where I'm and what I'm doing and what my inside leg measurement is. But I hate to say it, but if there is, a, if there is an information glitch um, or a breach of confidentiality, well, I'm afraid it comes back time and time again, Stu. It's you and me that's going to get it in the neck. That's the problem because we're the only people in this whole shooting match that have got the professional responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> so, and, and, yeah and ultimately we've, we've, we've breached that retainer with our client because we have released that information in, into a, you know, a more public domain um, than, than, than just themselves. So, yeah, it would be, you know, on our head beer kind of thing. It, it's interesting, isn't it? There's, there's a, a, a big demand for data sharing. It's probably the buzz one of the buzzwords in prop tech at the minute. And like I said, there are some products out there that are making mass inroads into, uh, into this market um, and into this area. But, you know, we do need to treat it with caution most definitely. Yeah, I think so. And probably to conclude this um, conveyance in matters to you. And again, this is perhaps, um, you know, this is perhaps a bit, a bit more free marketing advice for prop tech firms. You know, if you want anything more detail, well, you know, find me on my website. Um, but, Please, in your marketing, can I make a plea? I'll make a direct plea. Normally, I'm looking at Stu, lovely Stu, particularly in his T-shirt. But let me make a direct plea to you uh, if you're a prop tech firm and you're trying to sell to property lawyers. Can I suggest you do not use the words synergy, catalyze, and ecosystems? Can I perhaps suggest you simply just banish that sort of terminology from your marketing and simply, you know, in three bullet points in a LinkedIn post, tell me what you do do. Um, well, hopefully, Stu, that's given uh, our lovely PropTech colleagues something to think about. Um, so thanks very much for, for your thoughts on that. No and uh, I, I will say bye-bye and hopefully um, people will 